Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour. Today we have a fantastic guest with us, Mr. Ben Tebby. He is an actor. He is a director. He is a educator of our youth. Thank you for uh, <laughs> coming with us today. My pleasure. My pleasure. It's great to be here. Um, so what exactly is it that uh, you're at Marion, Marion University in Indianapolis, correct? I am, yes. So what do you do for this illustrious and history college? Well, I am the director of theater. I'm an assistant professor of theater and director of theater here at Marion University, which means I am in charge of our theater program. We have a minor-only program that um, we're, we're working on expanding, and we have a, a great participation with students from across the uh, the campus who participate in you know putting on shows with us uh, each year um, additionally I also run the venue manage the venue and so we have a lot of rental partners other uh, arts organizations that want to use Marion University Theater as their home base to perform in and so we have great partnerships with organizations like Christian Youth Theater and the Indianapolis Men's Chorus and uh, Ibotta Dance Company to name just a few who use our venue sort of as their home base to perform in so um, that's what I do here. Well, you know, that sounds like it keeps you uh, hopping. It does. It does. It's busy. Now, you've been around theater for a long time. Now, did you did you start the interest in high school, or did that blossom in college? Uh, before high school, even. Oh, before high school. Uh, yeah. I, my, my, I have a distinct memory in my childhood when I was four years old seeing Yul Brynner on stage in The King and I. Um, uh, and that was in, it was in Cincinnati. He was actually doing a touring show, and it was at the the I believe it was at the Taft Theater in Cincinnati. Um, so I my my dad was involved in a community theater. I was very fortunate. I grew up in a small town in Indiana, and we had a very active community theater. And I got involved with that when I was about six years old. I did my first show. Wow. Um, so I, I I got involved really quite young. Um, by the time I was in high school, I was actually on the board of directors of that community theater group. Really? Yeah. They, they were, um, I don't know what word to use. They were, uh, either encouraging enough or naive enough to allow me to sit at that table and, and help decide what to do. So that, uh, you know, that sounds like a unique opportunity. It was, it really was. I, I you know, I, I, I try to recognize always the 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 privilege from which I come I, I I'm a very privileged individual and I I try to remember that and stay humble about that because you know I've I've I have had very unique I have, I've had unique opportunities in my life for sure when you were in the uh when you're in the high school and and uh kind of going through it um did you kind of have a an idea of where you wanted to go even then, or were you still just trying to feel out the different areas of theater and kind of uh, get a full immersion into the different aspects? Uh, yes, and yes. I, <laughs> I, I, um, I don't. I don't know. I think. I, I think. I thought I had as a clearer vision of what I wanted to do and where I wanted to be as as anybody does when they're in high school, maybe, mm -hmm. or at least what I felt like when I was in high school um I knew that I wanted to I knew I wanted to be in theater like, I mean that was that was pretty clear um 
I didn't know exactly wh- what that would mean. I don't. I mean, I don't know that I knew exactly what that would mean. I don't know that I pictured everything as it's turned out. I remember having thoughts even back in college, thinking, you know, I I think I'd I'd like to run a college theater program someday. Um, I think I could do that, <laughs> you know, but never really thinking that it would actually happen. Well, in college, that's kind of the area of time where where most of us who are lucky enough to to be able to experience that have our our minds opened mm-hmm. to to everything that's possible and to hopefully have us uh, um, broken of any uh, mis uh, mis uh, conclusions that we might have of, mm-hmm. of what's going to happen, what's going to be there. And, you know, um, in in the theater program back in when it was Marion College mm-hmm. rather than the Marion University, you were very active in, in the in the theater program then. Now it wasn't was it a, a full program at that point or was it just I, I seem to remember it yes. was. I yes, was. yes. We had we had a major I graduated from Marion College with a theater major right. and a uh, business minor. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So after college, you went off to, to make a name for yourself, right? To, to, become, to <laughs> well, become famous, yeah. right? Uh, I, I went off to, to try to earn my living as right. an actor, which I, I was able to do successfully after a few years. Yeah. I, I, mean, I didn't immediately. I had a day job for a few years, as, as we often do. Kind of kind of have to go that route sometimes. Yeah. But you were really active in local theater. I was, yes. What yes. Uh, what what theaters were you involved with back in the day? Um, primarily Indiana Repertory Theater mm-hmm. is the theater I worked at most often. Um, um, I was usually doing about two shows each season there for a number of years, as well as working as an artist in the classroom for them. So I was also working as an educator at that time even. So I would... Um, teach classes, teach youth classes there at the theater. And I would also go out into classrooms and do pre or post show visits with classes that were going to come see a show at IRT. Um, so that was the theater I worked at the most, uh, but I also worked at the Phoenix theater quite a bit. Um, I did a show at beef and boards dinner theater about a dozen years ago. I, um, co-founded, uh, at the time, it was called Heartland Actors Repertory Theater, and now we are known as the Indianapolis Shakespeare Company. Um, and so I co-founded that company as well. In those in those years of performance, what was it like? Because, I mean, I think a lot of times there's a kind of a, a lack of, not a misconception, but just a lack of conception of what it means to be an actor in a local sense. I mean, everybody knows, at least in their minds, like the, the very famous Hollywood actors that get on television shows and movies, and they, yeah. they, they at least have an idea of what they think that means. Yeah. But what it, what does it mean to be an actor for local theater troops? What's, what, is, what is it like to live that life? Um, I, I mean, I, th- I would bet it's not that dissimilar from even an actor who's, you know, working in LA or New York, except that, um, you know, for those very famous actors, obviously the the paycheck is different. Mm. Um, so that, that <laughs> but, the, but that aside, the actual work is is probably not that all all not all that different. We, you know, we um, 
you work from contract to contract. So you're constantly looking for work. You, you know, you, you, if you're lucky, you know what's happening six months from now. Um, but that may not even be the case. You may know what's going to happen the next month, and then it's an unknown. Um, and so you do a lot of different things to to make that work. Um, uh, what's really nice about Indianapolis, and, and um, you know, I, I would have a lot of people ask me when they would find out that I was a professional actor and but that my my home was Indianapolis. They'd be like, "How does that work? What? Why? Why are you in? Why aren't you in New York? If you're an actor, why aren't you in New York?" And and my response would always be, "You you know, well, you if you're a banker, why aren't you on Wall Street? You know, I mean, the it, the the art can happen anywhere and everywhere, and it right. should." And um, uh, I I didn't have any aspiration to go to New York. I, um, I, I loved the community here in Indianapolis. Um, It's a really welcoming and supportive community. Um, You know, I I have good friends who, you know, we would often maybe be up for the same roles at at IRT or Phoenix or wherever. And and that was okay. I mean, you know, um, you understood that that was part of it. Um, And, I don't know. So, so, but the actual work would be, um, I mean, it, it depended on the theater then too, in terms of the actual work, you know, IRT, we'd rehearse, you know, six days a week, um, eight to 10 hours a day. Uh, Phoenix would be a little less than that. Typically evening rehearsals, weekend rehearsals, um, just depending on the, the contract with actors equity association, the, the, the union for actors. Um, so, um, but yeah, I mean, you, you, you go from, contract to contract and and hope that things would work out <laughs> how long would these shows generally run um, you, you always hear about the ones that run forever and you know the cast mm-hmm. may change over time but yeah. but the show keeps going on right in indianapolis how long would an average production go at most professional theaters here in india it's about a month three to six weeks somewhere in there um um yeah i was you know, it, it, and it, it depends on the show. Like, you know, I did, I was fortunate to do Christmas Carol at IRT for, I think, six or seven years. And, you know, that's a two and a half month contract, three month contract, and, and you do a bajillion performances. Um, so that's a, you know, that's a really long contract. And then there'd be other shows, you know, the Phoenix that might only run three weeks and you're done. Um, I was really lucky to be part of a couple of shows at the Phoenix that were very, very popular and got extended actually. So we, had, we, um, we did extend, which is unusual in Indianapolis. You know, it's typical in some other cities, you know, New York, as you, you know, you mentioned sure. shows run till, till they close, you know, <laughs> just, you don't know. It's an open-ended run. There are very, very few. I can think of only one show in my time in Indianapolis that wasn't, open-ended run and that was actually menopause the musical i wasn't in that one huh. but it was, there was a, a open-ended run of menopause the musical i remember back when i was first starting as a professional actor back in back in the early 2000s um but anyway yeah so it was often a month you'd have a, a month-long run doing six to eight shows a week with that kind of um 
with that kind of lifestyle, what what is if you had like advice for somebody that wanted to do this, if they wanted to approach from this, what advice would you give them to kind of be prepared for uh, any mistakes that you may be made during the that time that uh, you could help someone else avoid? Yeah, I'm sure I made plenty. Um, <laughs> I make them every day. <laughs> well, sure. uh, you know, um, anytime you're you work as an artist, you, you've got to be able to develop a thick skin. And get used to rejection and not take it personally. It's and it's a tough thing. I still struggle with it now. I mean, you know, if I, I didn't get it. What? They must hate me. I mean, it's just it's human nature in some sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we want to personalize everything, and it's, yeah, but it's it's often not personal at all. And this was often too the case with. Uh, um, I did a lot of. Um, you know, voiceover and radio and and commercial tv commercials and and industrial videos and with all of that too i mean that that was even more a situation where you know you you read for something on camera and if you didn't get it you just wouldn't hear anything (laughs) like it just and and but with those in particular was in some ways easier to be able to say you know what i just i didn't have whatever specific look they were wanting for that particular person like they they wanted someone with you know uh, hair an inch longer than mine and they they can find someone with that you know so it's, <laughs> it's you know it's hard to well you got a little bit of notoriety off, off of that you, you had a couple of, of uh tv spots that went for a while i did yeah yeah was it uh tire tire company tire barn tire barn yeah right yeah uh, I still go to them for to, when they check my TPMS light. <laughs> to the other day, uh, do, do you have any of any of those that any of those commercials that you went to, where you were just kind of really surprised at uh, the re- the response that you got, or where something just kind of quirky happened that you weren't expecting? Um, yeah, I I mean, well, and what's funny is that. One of the the Comcast spots were the ones that were prob- probably my longest running spots and what I'm maybe remembered for most from people here in Indy anyway. They were actually regional spots, but um, those and that was one of the first gigs I ever booked, which oh. was which was crazy. Like I started out with you know. Uh, Big expectations. Uh, uh, yeah, huge. You know, so it's, it's hard. Then the next year, we're like, I'm not getting cast in anything. What's going on? So, again, it's about developing that thick skin and be like, it's not, it's nothing personal. You're not doing anything wrong necessarily. Anyway, um, yeah, so those, it, it was kind of wild um, because it was one of the first gigs I ever I ever booked. And and it was a it was a big deal. Like we the very first shoot we were shooting, we shot for like a week because we we shot like six different commercials, um, to to run in rotation. And then in addition to that, they were running radio spots and print ads. 
So all of a sudden, my face is getting plastered in the Indianapolis Star like every Sunday, and billboards going up around the city and around the state. Right. And I'm like, this is this is bizarre. <laughs> this is really bizarre. <laughs> Turn around and see a, a 60-foot version of yourself. <laughs> it was weird. What, and what, what's funny, too, is this just came popped up in a Facebook memory the other day. Actually, it was kind of funny. Um, uh, a friend of mine, was this a couple years after the Comcast spots all ended? They were all done and gone away, right? And um, uh, I, I get a I get tagged on Facebook from a friend of mine who has took a picture of of a billboard where a, a couple of billboards have been plastered over top of mine. And it, but we're peeling away, so you can kind of see like my head, my disembodied head floating over Norm Macdonald, <laughs> doing a, a safe autos billboard. <sighs> and so he's like, "Is that your disembodied head floating over Norm Macdonald oh, over on State Road 37?" That's mm-hmm. kind of fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So okay, so to go back into the to the local theater, just real quick. Sure. What were a couple of your favorite? performances that you were involved with and, and why um one of my all-time favorites and this is the one i always mention is um is a play called gory stories and it's based on the work of edward gory oh who okay you, you yeah yeah um if probably a lot of your listeners will know who Edward Gorey is as well, I would, I would hope so. Brilliant, brilliant guy, dark, funny, um, and it, it was with a company called Shadow Ape Theater Company, and uh, it was a you know a startup theater company run by professional actors Rob Johansson and Jen Johansson and Constance Macy and Michael Brown and a lot of those people who were um, who have been big names in the city for a long time. Sure. And it was one of my, again, it was one of my first big breaks to, to get cast. I, I remember auditioning for them. Um, I was relatively unknown, but they were looking for a younger actor. And, and uh, I, f- I kind of forget how the connection happened that I got an audition with them. Um, and and they cast me. It was it was huge. The, they, they, the show was different from anything else I'd ever done. It was very physical, physical storytelling. Um, uh, avant-garde in, in the way of of how we went about with the storytelling of the pieces and Edward Gorey's stuff lends itself well to sort of that out-of-the-box kind of thinking anyway that does make sense um, uh, it was it was a blast and it was so well received we actually remounted it twice so we did it the first year and, th- and then we remounted it the a year later and then, like two or three years after that, we remounted it again because it had been so popular. That's that's, that's one of awesome. my favorite shows. Um, it was it was so physically demanding and and uh, but so much fun, so much fun, and the material is just brilliant. Um, another one of my favorite shows would have to be um, uh, Avenue Q at the Phoenix. That there. one is uh, that one's a particularly fun show. Maybe yeah. not a family show. No. <laughs> no, gore stories wouldn't be. <laughs> I don't know what that says about me. Uh, well. it says about my tastes, I guess. Yeah. Some yeah. you you like challenging storytelling. I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. And that and again with your um with uh, uh Avenue Q it was 
another physically challenging piece and learning how to be a puppeteer in addition to being an actor and a singer. Um, it was a unique challenge. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So we're going to take just a moment to, to remind our listeners that uh, you can contact us through social media at uh, Pudding Guys on pretty much any avenue that you wish. We're on Instagram. We are on Facebook. We are on Twitter. We are even occasionally on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, don't forget to stop by, see what's going on, know what's coming up soon, or just to t- kind of communicate with us. But also, if you would like to support us, don't forget to stop by Patreon for only a single dollar per month. You can help the Pudding Guys find new and interesting people to talk to, to put up new and interesting content on our website, and potentially new tools that will be coming out for your enjoyment. But back to it. You know, how'd you like that? Pretty pretty good advertisement. That was there. great. That was great. What's Twitch? I don't know what Twitch is. Twitch is a <laughs> social media, uh, uh, in, influenced at least, uh, interaction. It's based on video games for the oh. most part. You can watch people right. play video games. That's the biggest avenue. So gotcha. eSports is the big thing. So if you want to watch tournaments on that, it's on Twitch. If you want to see some classic gaming, it's on Twitch. We don't really do gaming on Twitch yet because we're not good at it. <laughs> But we love it, and so we put That's some of our interviews yeah. and stuff yeah. live on. What we'll probably do, we're going to be uh, doing our review of the Joker movie here oh, on cool. Wednesday. We'll probably oh. do that live on Twitch. Yeah, nice. Uh, right. But, uh, yeah, good stuff. Um, I'm socially social media illiterate. Uh, I was until I started this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and bet. now I'm not illiterate. I'm just still not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> Better me. <laughs> but, all right, well, let's flash forward. You're now back at your alma mater, mm-hmm. your your origin, which is no longer a college, but now is a university. And the growth of this campus is staggering. Yeah. From, Isn't it? From the previous days. Um, yeah. For, for those that are not completely familiar, uh, Marion College was originally just a college. Yeah. Uh, had, you know, a handful of dorms, handful of buildings, primarily known for their cycling team back when we were here. We still are known for that. I mean, we still, I mean, well, we, I have nothing to do with it. But yes, they, <laughs> the, our cycling team still uh, racks up the trophies like they're making them. Yeah. Uh, but they, uh, the, the, the campus has taken the entire institution has taken a a shift into um becoming a a bit of a monolithic juggernaut when it comes to just just expanding into all spheres and expanding programs what is it that um what is it that you are trying to do as part of this new initiative so marion at its core is and always has been focused on the liberal arts. We're grounded in the Franciscan tradition. For those who who may not know, where we are a, a, a small liberal arts Catholic institution founded by the Sisters of Saint Francis, and and so we are an institution that that is centered around that notion of. Uh, the Franciscan intellectual tradition and the liberal arts uh, intellectual tradition. Um, and so that's important to us as a university is that we, that we keep that um, liberal arts as the center of what we do. Um, so the College of Arts and Sciences, of which Marion is part, um, are with uh, the theater is, is part, sure. um, um, 
is is the heart of of the institution um so theater as a program we're working really r diligently to to continue to expand that program to offer more uh, opportunities for our students to learn through theater um, what i love about theater is that that theater is just this real expression of what the liberal arts are yeah theater can be a crossroads for psychology and sociology and history and and literature and and even you know you think about uh, when we're building sets math and engineering and i mean it is the crossroads of all of these different disciplines and so it can be a, a, a playground where a, a lab where students can um, explore what that means, explore how those different disciplines do intersect in theater. Um, I want our students to explore how uh, theater can be used, you know, not just as a as a as a form of entertainment for people, but you know how it can be used in other um, ways in the world, ways that we don't know about now. And we, we you know, we, we learn new things every day. And we're, you know, um, there's, I was just talking to, we have a, a brand new social work program here at Marion. I was talking to the director of our social work program the other day and, and you know, we're going to meet further about this, but you know, there, there are new opportunities out there for, for social workers to use theater as, um, as a tool to help people who are on the spectrum. Sure. Um, there are, you know, ways to use theater as therapy, you know, so, you know, working with people in psychology about, you know, what, what is, what can, what can we do, you know, in, in the same way that art is used as therapy or music is used as therapy, theater can be used in that same way. Um, and there's been some interesting work done by, by many people on, on that front. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested in that student who says, you know what, I want to major in biology, but I want to minor in theater. And that sounds like a strange combination. Granted, I, yeah, maybe it is a strange combination, but you know what, out of that could come something unique and special and, and really powerful that we don't even know what that is and that's part of the point well certainly i know one thing that i've always enjoyed about theater uh in any form of um any form of production that creates a story is it is an excellent way for people to flex their empathy yeah uh, to be able to understand what it means to be somebody else yes and whether it's that person or whether it would be you in a very specific situation, how would you react? Yeah. How would you handle things? Do you yeah. think that it fits? It's a wonderful mental exercise that can hopefully produce uh, better connections to the people around you. Amen. <laughs> yes, absolutely. There was just a, a study I saw uh, online the other day. I, I, I believe the work was done in London. I might have to go double check my sources here later but yeah I, I believe it was done in london but what they what these researchers found there was uh, there was some psychologists doing this research and what they discovered was that um people who are sitting in a theater together watching a play that their heartbeats actually synchronize can you imagine that's 
That's kind of interesting. I think it's something that those of us who practice theater have known instinctively for a long time, but now we have science to to back that up and say, yeah, that's that's a real thing. Like that happens. Um, so uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. Empathy is is a huge driver for me um, in in terms of how we the types of theater that we want to produce and, and what we want to talk about. Well, I know you with the experience that you've had on stage. I've only been on stage a handful of times and enjoyed it thoroughly in each in each instance. But I always felt that a lot of people think that when you're watching a show or a movie that you are a passive spectator. Yeah. And I've never really felt that way. When you look out into the audience and see the reactions, they're much more active than oh, you yeah. might think. Oh, yeah. What um, what on campus so far, what productions have you been pretty excited to be a part of? That that we've that I've directed that we've produced yeah. here as as Marion students, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, whatever show I'm working on now is <laughs> the typical answer. No, so so yeah, um, um, no, we're, uh, yeah. I, if I can give a quick plug, we're we're doing yeah. some fun stuff this year. We're, we are um, we're doing Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat this fall. It's a crowd pleaser. You got to do some crowd pleasers every now and yeah. then. And, and this one seemed like a good year. We always have a theme each year here at Marion University. As I mentioned, you know, our Franciscan tradition is is the backbone of what we do. So often it's a one of our four Francis, Franciscan values is one of our themes for the year. Sure. But this year we're actually hosting um, the St. John's Bible, um, which is the first hand... I'm going to get this wrong, and, and so I'm, I apologize, Cam. No mentioned. judgment here. So the, the, I think it's the first handmade Bible like in centuries that's hmm. been made. Um, and so it's this beautiful illuminated copy of, of the Bible. Um, we're hosting a, an edition of that on campus right now this year. And it's kind of a big deal uh, for, for Catholic institutions. So, sure. so that being our theme, it seemed natural to do a biblical story to, to tie in with that and to, to loop in back with that. So we're doing Joseph this fall. Uh, and then in the spring, we are doing a production of An Enemy of the People. Um, really? Yeah, and that phrase might catch people's ear as something contemporary. It's actually a, a very old play by Henrik Ibsen, yeah. uh, father of realism. Um, so this 150-year-old play is is uh, been dusted off by um, Robert Falls, who did this, this adaptation um, in 2018, so it's been, the language has been updated a little bit. Um, yeah, wouldn't it um, be? Yeah, but it's uh, um, the story is the exact same. The story is the same, and and so those themes of power and uh, and and greed and and you know that that divisive nature of politics uh, is still very prevalent. Obviously, um, you know we, we we hear that phrase thrown about right now enemy of the people yeah um so and and who who controls the message and where that message is coming from and and whether or not you believe the message and the messenger um so it's really interesting to to 
revisit this this play. So we're doing that in in the spring. We're, I'm excited because it's actually the first. This adaptation was, uh, as I mentioned, written by Robert Falls, who's the artistic director at the Goodman Theater. Uh-huh. And so this production that we are doing will be the first production outside of the Goodman. Um, so we're we're excited to have that opportunity. Um, and he's also a Robert Falls is a Tony Award winning director. He won the Tony for Death of a Salesman with um, Brian Dennehy. Really? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love these little tidbits, these, these connections that, that people can make over, over the years being yeah. able to perform with, with different people. Yeah. How much, how much rubs off from your experience, whether from the directorial side uh, of, of your instruction of the, of the, the actors or the students or the student actors? Uh, how much of that of you rubs off to them? How much of them rubs off to you or to each other? How how does that kind of affect you? Um, yeah, it's a big question. I, I no, know. it is. It is. I'm trying to wrap my head around all of that, all of the different aspects there. Um, yeah, I, I I mean I I feel like I learn from my students all the time, and and I, I hope they're learning from me too. I mean, you know, that's <laughs> that's, that's that's the hope. Um, I, I think they do. I mean, I have students that, you know, that, that I, I keep in touch with and, you know, will, you know, reach back out to me after they're out in the world and, and saying, you know, hey, I want to, I want to get back into theater. Can you look at my resume and give me some pointers or, you know, uh, can you help me f- find a new monologue? I need, a, I need a new monologue to work on. And so, um, so I, yeah, uh, trying to think of a, a better answer <laughs> i don't know if i have a good there answer. is no wrong answer you no know, i know i just um yeah i i, I learn from my students all the time I, I'm, I'm learning how to be um more inclusive our students our student population is changing our population is changing um I know that I come from a place of privilege and I, I, I want to be sure that I'm trying to, um, allow, provide, uh, allow both somewhere in between uh, space yeah. for, for those other voices and those other experiences to inform me and, and, and inform our larger community. Um, yeah. Well, Marion, is a a different kind of a campus. At least I know this from my time that I was here. Um, people of a variety of different faiths. That wasn't. It's not just Catholic students. No, though. There, no there, not there at was, all. There's a a, a great uh, um, array of different thought processes and backgrounds. And one Absolutely. of the, one of the things that I always thought was really nice about this campus was the fact that nothing was judged. It was never one of those things where if you didn't think the way that I thought, well, here's why you should. Yeah. It was just more of more of a dialogue mm-hmm. and more of a, a way to kind of just explore and expand. And uh, I, I would expect that that's probably still stayed true yeah. over the years, at yeah. least from what I've seen. That yeah, seems to be I, the case. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. What, um, what are you excited about? What are your, what are your dreams for what you would like to have happen at Marion for the theater department? I would like to uh, reintroduce the theater major. 
and train a new generation of professional theater artists to come out of Marion. Um, again, we because Marion has a unique perspective and voice in the world of higher education being Franciscan and liberal arts, um, those Franciscan values can very much inform a um, socially conscious-minded individual and artist, and and uh, we can, I believe, we can help the world have better, more empathy. Um, so I, I would like to reintroduce the major. That's that's the high-minded, lofty version of that. But I want I want to reintroduce the major. Um, we ha we have great professional artists here in Indianapolis, mm -hmm. and and you know we we already tap into that. I mean I I bring um, I bring two Marion guest artists every year to help in one capacity or another, so that our students can interact with them as well. So they're not just learning from me or just from Chris. Uh, my colleague Christopher Steggy. Um, so, I, you know, I, I never, I never want my students. You know, theater is a collaborative art. It, sure. They, they can't if they are just learning from me. They're not going to learn everything they need to know because they need to. So, we have great resources here in Indianapolis. The the theater scene at Indy has only grown, and and it continues to grow, and it continues to be supportive of one another, which is just this wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. um, we have great proximity as well to Riverside Park. Sure. Um, and uh, there's a, a you know $9.2 million amphitheater being built in Riverside Park right now, rehabbing yes, that is. beautiful Taggart Memorial. Um, Indianapolis Shakespeare Company, the company I co-founded, um, is part of that, um, along with Indy Parks and Parks Foundation and Indiana Landmarks, in turning that Taggart Memorial into the Taggart amphitheater and it's going to be a beautiful space and you know Marion is a hop skip and a jump away um, and it could be a, a, a we could be a natural partner in that endeavor and, and help utilize that space and and activate it and and um, it could be a great resource for us well and that environment is so important too a lot of people a lot of people miss that particular aspect of it. Uh, the mind is so wrapped up in the individual performance, uh, whatever it is that you're going to see, that you often forget about what you are surrounded by. That can also influence your reaction, not just to the, to the play that's being performed, but just giving you a, a, sense, of, a sense of special, just, just for a moment. Being able to... I mean, uh, the, I, I guess the best example that I could use that maybe more people would would know, you, know, you step into Carnegie Hall. Mm -hmm. That is a unique experience that is affecting before you've even gotten to the performance of whatever sure. it is. So it gives you a touchstone, mm -hmm. uh, a place of memory, a place of, uh, a place of um, shared uh, experience, mm -hmm. which is just special. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hopefully not too verbose there. No, I love it. <laughs> I love it. What about shows? Uh, we'll, we'll, do, is, there a, is there a specific show that you would love to have performed on Marion campus, one of your favorites maybe? <laughs> uh, I just got to direct one of my favorites last year. 
I directed Urinetown the musical last year on yeah. campus, which was uh, which I love. That one's funny. It's great. It's a great show. Great satire. Um, um, you know, I, I I'm I'm right in the middle actually of of, and I'm I'm nowhere near an answer yet, but I'm right in the middle of of selecting shows for next year for uh, our, our 2021 season so we have actually to be right hush, now hush. So, i'm sorry so we have to be hush hush <laughs> <laughs> well i i honestly couldn't tell you what it's even going to be i don't know yet i really don't know yet um uh again i what i i really want to i would like for us to be able to expand what we offer and and open it up um to be a place where um more diverse voices are heard. Sure. Um, so, I, I you know, I don't know what that means in terms of particular particular shows, but that that's what I'd like to well, do. Well, there's such a cornucopia of just oh my gosh, fantastic so much, options out there. So much material. So much material. Well, we've we've been kind of staying up into the into the high mental side of things. <laughs> We're now going to drag it down to something basic, yes. something that we that we ask everyone that we have on the show, just a, a, a couple of different questions that have nothing to do oh. with anything okay. whatsoever. So obviously we are called Everybody Loves Pudding. So we have to ask, what kind of pudding do you love? <laughs> um, I, You know, uh, back when I had my day job 20 years ago, I would often buy the chocolate vanilla swirl pudding to pack in my lunch to take with me. Mm. Um, uh, but more and more, just plain vanilla is is what I what I like the most. I don't know. Simple, I've been getting that. A flavors. few people have been saying that it keeps it keeps it easy. It's uh, not heavy on the palate. I have to say that's a good choice. <laughs> Okay, and then since my co-host is was not able to be with us in this specific instance, one that he always asks because he's he's a big uh, pizza guy. He always asks, "What kind of pizza are you? You New York pizza? You Chicago pizza? Oh. What what kind of pizza is Indianapolis your pizza? pizza? Indianapolis pizza? <laughs> Does that count? I, I I would think so. What is the difference of Indianapolis? I don't know. Pizza? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's the I think it's the Basbo influence. Uh, that would be what I I guess what I would maybe characterizes Indianapolis pizza because you know Giacomo's we I, I live around the corner <laughs> from Giacomo's so we oh, yeah. we eat quite a bit Not of a bit. Giacomo's in my family um yeah it's a uh and and I do love that pizza I, um I don't know is that there's no wrong answer again it's it's more just a, a an aspect of personality yeah. that comes through what we eat says Something not important, but something <laughs> about who we are. It does. I'm trying. You know, sp- uh, th- uh, this has nothing to do with anything. I, I, but you know, that's it seems like this kind of show that like, I'm allowed to just that is talk exactly about whatever right. I want to, whatever you want. So, um, I, I've been uh, attempting in the last, particularly the last two months, maybe, um, to to cut meat out of my life. That's really hard. It is really it's, hard. It's even harder when it comes to pizza. <laughs> yeah. I, um, there's not a lot of yeah. good. I mean, there's I'm, there's a couple sure. places that have some good veggie pizzas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there, without, there are, there are. But yeah, it's it's just one of those things where it's like you know, without pepperoni I, I or to, sausage. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's hard. Anyway, 
No, I'm that's with you. Here or there. No, just, that's that's an entire different episode that we will probably never tackle. Uh, uh, I have I have my own personal uh, hobbies, and a lot of that includes uh, uh, listening to a lot of philosophical discussions. And yeah. you know, recently, uh, several individuals are are going over the the merits of being vegan versus yeah. uh, eating meat, and what that actually means in a moral sense yeah and so it's it's yeah. it's potentially some heavy stuff very interesting conversations yeah. that we will not get into here we don't have to <laughs> i try not to alienate anybody sure. i i love you no, i'm not gonna judge i wouldn't judge anybody who wants to continue to eat meat i certainly love it myself it's just yeah. no yeah. my my big thing is i i like to be that referee i'm neutral you don't know what i love whether it's meat or veggies or whatever <laughs> i am i am the every man what's that painting the the guy with the the bowler hat, the, yeah. the apple. I, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I want to thank you very much for taking some time and, and talking with us here today. And just to kind of wrap things up, is there any any remaining thing that you want to plug or talk about before we get off the oh, microphone? Gosh. I don't know. <laughs> How's that for an answer? <laughs> there, there's not, like I said, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. I think we've managed to cover pretty much everything that uh, is, well, not everything, but a good chunk of really interesting stuff that I'm, I'm sure we'll come back and talk again at some point. Sounds great. Well, uh, what do you think, Putting People? Like I said, don't forget to hit us up on social media. Uh, give us your thoughts on what it means to be in the theater. Do you have theater experiences that you love when you were in high school or grade school or college let us know share them it's a really fun thing but until next time uh keep on watching that theater is that a good see yeah, yeah. this is the thing the, the outro just tanks that's my that's my thing we don't have a single <laughs> outro it's awful every single time so uh keep, i like variety uh, variety's keep, good yeah that's right keep on eating pudding just never worked but <laughs> <laughs> until next time all right